You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, hey, everybody. It's your girl, Carla Renata. I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful weekend celebrating a plethora of things. I know I celebrated a plethora of things on my sofa, the main one being Hamilton. Yay! So I know everybody is Hamilton crazy and everything's going on um, and people are streaming at Disney+. Plus. I saw some stuff on Instagram with some of my friends. Um, they set up a screen outside and had their kids watching it outside. I saw some other people just kind of sitting on their sofa with, you know, some screen grabs and whatever, but that's all good. But I have two special people from Hamilton that I did interviews with uh, courtesy of AFCA's virtual roundtable. They are Renee Elise Goldsberry, who won the Tony Award for her performance in Hamilton, and Okarete Onadawan, who plays James Madison in Hamilton. And he's also, both of them are can be seen in the streaming version of Hamilton that is on Disney Plus right now. So we're gonna talk about them and um, we're gonna talk about Hamilton a little later and I'm gonna play those interviews. but. For right now, before I get into my reviews for today, let me just tell y'all what I've been up to. Last week, I was like the moderator queen. I moderated a Q&A for BET in conjunction with Film Independent for a series that they have called Bigger. Um, it is the showrunner for it, the showrunners rather for it are Felicia Mary. I'm sorry, the showrunner for it is Felicia Mary. And it is hilarious. So season one is up and streaming on BET Plus right now. And um, then we're going to have, uh, so you can watch, the, I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. So you can, you can watch Bigger on BET Plus right now. You can also watch that Q&A at Film Independent right now. I also did a plethora of Q&As and moderating for Nalit which is the National Association of Latino International Producers. I did one with Fred Armisen. You can find that up on their site. And I did another one with some really wonderful Latino filmmakers. So check all of that stuff out online. I have a very special hosting gig that's coming up that I will be doing for Variety, but I can't say what it is just yet, but I'll let you know. Let me just acknowledge some people in the chat. Dion King, welcome, welcome, welcome. You said you love Renee when she was on One Life to Live and Allie McBeal. Okay, I'm gonna tell some stories about that when I get to it. And Brandon, thank you once again for joining us. So let's get right into it. I saw a documentary that I really wanted to see when it was playing at the film festivals. It was playing at Toronto and it was playing at Sundance and it was called David Foster Off the Record. And David Foster is this legendary, wonderful record producer. He's produced people that all of y'all know. If you know Celine Dion, if you know Michael Buble, if you know Whitney Houston, if you know Josh Groban, then you know the producing sounds of David Foster because David Foster is a beast and he is most proud of the fact that he produced that heartwarming, iconic song by Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yes, y'all, he produced that song. <clears throat> Excuse me. He also produced All By Myself, uh, the reboot that Celine Dion did where she hits that crazy note at the end. There's a whole story about how she got to that crazy note in the end, which that was worth watching the documentary alone for me. Um, he's married to Catherine McPhee. If you guys are fans of American Idol, you know Catherine McPhee from American Idol. She was the runner up on the season that she did. Taylor Hicks won and 
note, but not note, they don't say nothing about this in the documentary. But I remember at the time that when she did American Idol, David Foster was one of the mentor judges that season. He was so angry that Catherine McPhee didn't win that he refused to work with American Idol going forward. And I do believe, I could be wrong, but I do believe he has not worked with the show since. And I was like, Ooh, well, okay then, David Foster. But this is off the record and it is streaming on Netflix beginning, no, it's streaming right now on Netflix. Um, it is directed by Barry Average and it talks about how he's produced all these hits, how he became a producer. It talks about his family life. <laughs> the number five keeps popping up in his life. He's been married five times. He has five daughters <laughs> and he has five sisters. That's bananas, but the, the number five keeps popping up in his life. He also produced that song with Celine Dion and Andre Bocelli called The Prayer. He was the one that put them to, he was the one that came up with the idea of putting them together. And he and Carol Bear Sager got that song together. So if you are interested in music, if you are interested in producing, if you love those songs, if you love those artists, David Foster off the record is the thing that you need to watch. It is very entertaining and it goes by really, really fast. So again, it is streaming on Netflix. The next film I wanna talk about is a, yet another documentary on Netflix. I give Netflix all kinds of love at the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata and they give me this much love. So I'm gonna need y'all to step it up Netflix, okay? Um, and any, oh, I also want to mention that as wonderful and as confident and as fabulous of a producer as David Foster is, we find out that he has a fear of elevators. Who knew? Okay, I digress. And now back to Disclosure. So Disclosure is currently streaming on Netflix and it is a documentary that deals with the images of trans people throughout history, in the media, in film, and on television. They start out it's so great how they start this documentary out. And, and the documentary is directed by um, Sam Fetter, but he, the way they started out is, they start out with an image of Flip Wilson playing Geraldine. So back in the day, there was a comedian, you know, back in the day, everybody had a variety show and Flip Wilson was one of them. And he had a variety show called the Flip Wilson Show and he would do all these characters. And one of his favorite characters, one of his most popular characters that he would do was this character of Geraldine. He would dress up in these psychedelic dresses and wear this flip wig for Flip and do this whole thing. And he and his iconic line was the devil made, he'd be like, the devil made me do it, honey. And he'd be walking and dancing around and it was hilarious. But they take issue, the trans community takes issue with that because as funny as it was, most people's idea of what trans was, because back in the day it was called transvestite. It wasn't referred to as transgender. So when people thought about trans, they thought about Flip Wilson. They thought about Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. They thought about anything that made a man appear as a freak or weird because he was dressing as a woman. It was all of that going on. So they talk about that. They talk about the images of how on I think it was on, not transparent, but they talk about transparent. They talk about the L word. They talk about how there was a character that was introduced on the L word that they made this character because this character was more of a masculine type of trans character <laughs> that they made this character crazy when his hormones kicked in, which is ridiculous. Like 
having hormones isn't going to make you act like a raging lunatic. So there's that. But they they discuss how seeing those images and how writers were not connecting to the trans community or even talking to someone in the trans community to have appropriate images reflected on the stage and the screen. There was a, an Asian young lady that was talking about the fact that every time she did an interview, somebody was asking her if she watched M. Butterfly. It's like, that would be like somebody asking me every time I interviewed, if I saw the color purple, it's just rude and it's ridiculous. It's like, why are you doing that? They talk about Sandra Caldwell as an actress that I've seen over the years in a variety of things. Who knew she was trans, but you go girl, she was doing her thing. They talk about Candace Kane, who's infamously attached to Caitlyn Jenner. They talk about Caitlyn Jenner for this long, which I was kind of glad. I'm glad they didn't make it about Caitlyn Jenner because that's a whole, that's like a documentary all by itself. And then we flip all the way back around to polls where the representation of trans people on television has taken a whole new turn and for the better they're seen as human beings not as freaks not as a chick with a dick not any of that stuff they're just seen as human beings and and honestly i can wholeheartedly relate to that because as someone who is black and a woman in america i know exactly what it feels like to have somebody look at you because you're different and make an assumption about you not because they know you but because they know that you're different, you know? So I, I, I wholeheartedly um, connected with this documentary. It's called Disclosure. It is currently streaming on Netflix right now. And I highly suggest that anyone and everyone take a, a look at it because it is very educational and it'll make you think twice, you know? Um, it, it also addresses the way that, that trans people have a hard time getting jobs and being accepted in society. And again, as a black woman in America, I know what that feels like. You know, in, in the 60s, you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't sit down at a lunch counter. You couldn't go to a bathroom. You couldn't drink from a water fountain because somehow people thought maybe the black was going to rub off of you. I don't know. But the same disenfranchised attitude was happening and still happens with trans women um, and tra the trans community and the trans community is disproportionately being murdered and sexually abused, um, even worse in some cases than the African-American community is with these young boys being shot and killed that are unarmed. So again, please, please, please check out Disclosure on Netflix. Now, there's another film that I saw on Hulu that's gonna pop up on Hulu and it's exclusively on Hulu. So you won't be able to find it on Amazon or all the other streaming channels, it is only going to be on Hulu. And it's called Palm Springs. It's directed by Max Barbacow and it stars Adam Sandberg from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and um, Kristen Milioti. You guys might know her from How I Met Your Mother. So this is the thing about this movie. I watched that movie and I was like, this is gonna be a hot buttered mess. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that. I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this right now. But what I saw was it starts out as like this Groundhog Day kind of movie. And we've seen that. We've seen the actual Groundhog Day movie. And there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago on Netflix starring Marlon Wayans. Not, not, is it Marlon Wayans? Yeah, Marlon Wayans called Naked or Naked, as I like to say. So that, those two, and, and then not, you know, there's Back to the Future too. So 
we've got all these time travel things. And, I, and so when it starts, it starts out as this movie that you think is going to be about time travel. It's kind of like, it's like if time travel met Groundhog's Day is what you think you're going to see. And that's not what it is. So it kind of tricks you. It tricks you and it fools you. It actually ends up being a movie about if you were able to live a day, let's say today was the day that that the universe picked that I was gonna have to live over and over and over again. What would I want to relive about this day? And who would I want to relive about, who would I want to relive this day with me? And what would I wanna change so that moving forward, each time I went back, it would be something a little different. And maybe I would be different. Maybe I would learn something. It ends up being an un, an uncharacteristic love story, an uncharacteristic or unconventional story about life, an unconventional story about self-discovery is what it ends up being. So it starts out, you think it's gonna be this corny, corny movie and it ends up not being that. And I really enjoyed it. It was good. And Kristen Milioti was exceptional in it. She plays Sarah and, um, and Adam Sandberg plays Niles. So I actually had an opportunity to sit down and talk with Kristen Milioti about her role in Palm Springs. We talked about it and it was brief because you know, you guys, when we do these interviews, especially when we do these, these virtual interviews, you don't have the opportunity ahead of time to kind of sit down and chew the fat like for a few seconds before you sit down and slate your name and stuff. You kind of have to hit it and quit it in the amount of time that you've given. So this is like a little three minute interview, but we talk, Kristen and I talk about Sarah, we talk about her and we talk about what she's streaming. So take a look and a listen to Kristen Milioti, who's in Palm Springs. 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. Um, <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, those are the things I've watched. I watched a Leonard Cohen documentary. Um, yeah, that's what I've been watching. Wait, can I ask you about the Tommy poster? Oh yeah, I have to wrap though. I was in Tommy. You were? <laughs> yeah. Who did you play in Tommy? Girl, I won't take up no more time. Hit me on the IG or something and I'll tell you all about it. Okay. Okay. It's all the right. Critic everywhere. That was my first, that was like the, one of the first plays I ever did in high school. Oh, yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Okay. Thank you, mama. Appreciate Bye. you. Me too. Bye. <laughs> All right, you guys. I loved talking to Kristen. I wish we had more time to talk. She was so fast. I think she was probably looking at my Tommy poster the whole time we were talking. But, you know. We'll hook up on Instagram, girl. You let me know when you want to do that. And I'll tell you all about Miss Tommy. So let me get to the next movie. There is a film that also is streaming on Netflix. It's called Miss Virginia. It's not about the state of Virginia. It's not about the beauty pageant titled Miss Virginia. It's about a woman named Virginia Walden, who was a single low-income mother living in the Washington, D.C. area who has a son. Her son was going to a public school where he was being bullied into beating up other kids. He was on that trajectory to selling uh, drugs for money. He was on his way. He was on his way to that road that no mother, no parent wants to see their kid go on, right? So she decides that she's gonna get him enrolled in a private school. The private school costs about seven grand a year. If you're working minimum wage, 
you're struggling to make this seven grand a year, right? So she does some research, finds out that there are other states that have these programs that allow kids that are eligible to go to public school system can also go to private school for like a scholarship or something or a, a voucher or something like that. But Washington DC did not have that program. Now this is the kicker. In Washington DC, if you hold the title of mayor or any elected official in Washington DC can't cast a vote when it comes to any kind of legislation getting passed. That's ridiculous, I know. So there's that. And there's the fact that even though Virginia's private, her son's private school, it costs seven grand to go to that school. The city of Washington DC allocated in their annual budget, $14,000 per kid to go to school. So the private school kids are being treated better. They're being educated better. There's more money allotted for the kids in the public schools. And they are going to schools in some of the worst neighborhoods. They have the worst lunches and they're, they're exposed to all this violence. And, you know, just it's just not a good situation. And it's not good for a child's self-esteem growing up. So Virginia goes, she appeals to her local politicians. She even gets a job working in the building where the local politician is to learn from her. The local politician tries to have her do some shenanigans. Miss Virginia is not about it. And so she goes about getting a bill passed through Congress that is kids first. And she did it. And it wasn't done lightly and it wasn't done quickly, but she actually ended up getting it done. And it was absolutely fantabulous. The reason I bring up Miss Virginia is because next week here at the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata, I'm gonna have Uzo Aduba, who you guys may know from Crazy Eyes on Orange is the New Black. This interview will be taped because remember, we're here on the West Coast. When I do my show on the West Coast, it's eight o'clock their time and it's five o'clock this time. So it's just easier for us to tape it. And Uzo is gonna be on, but we'll have her for a significant amount of time. And if you have questions for her, please email me at, um, or not, e not email me, put it and um, e put it on Twitter. Send me the question on Twitter. My handle is the Curvy Critic. Send me any questions that you have for Uzo on Twitter and I will ask her any question that you have. Or you can email me <laughs> at Carla, C-A-R-L-A at thecurvyfilmcritic.com. Boom, there we go. So check out Miss Virginia. Now, let's get to it. Oh, and you also need to know that in Miss Virginia is not only Uzo, but it's directed by RJ Daniel. It stars Kimberly Hebert Gregory, Adina Porter, Anjanou Ellis, and a plethora of other faces that you will know and love and recognize. So check that out if you haven't already, because it's been streaming since October 2019. But I know a lot of people are not aware of it. And I know that Uzo's coming here and we're going to talk about it. So I wanted to make you guys aware of it. Boom. All right. Let's talk about some Hamilton, honey. So Hamilton is this huge phenomenon musical. It was nominated for 16 Tony Awards, which was historical. It won 11 Tony Awards. One of those 11 Tony Awards went to Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays Angelica, one of the Schuyler sisters in Hamilton. One of the other interviews that I have for you guys today is a brother that everyone affectionately calls Oak because his, his name is a little difficult to pronounce, but I'm gonna give it a try. I think it's Okoretti, Okoretti Onadawan. That's his name, but everybody calls him Oak. So we had these interviews with Renee and Oak, but let me tell you something. There is a video that I have on my social media promoting this show today, right? 
in that video that I'm promoting the show with today, there are photographs with me and Renee, me and Leslie, me and Javier Munoz, who I accidentally identified as Javier Bardem last week. I was tired and just said the wrong name, but I was very well aware of the fact that it's Javier Munoz. So my apologies, Javier. But Renee and I go way, 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 way back. Renee and I did a workshop in New York called Abyssinia. And she was in the title role and I was one of the church ladies. Uh, there were three of us playing the church ladies. The show was very similar to the, what the Color Purple musical is, but it was different. It was about this young lady who was coming of age and she was looking to these elder women in the town to help her go through the growing pains of that. It was a beautiful story. It never, the workshop never became a full-fledged musical. It never got to Broadway. I think it played out of town at the Walnut Street Theater back in the day but nothing really happened with it. But that's where I met Renee. That was pre-Ally McBeal, that was pre-Hamilton, that was pre a lot of things. And then we reconnected again when she was in The Lion King as Nala in the Broadway company, Christopher Jackson, who plays George Washington was Simba. And I was out here in LA playing Shinzi. So there's that. And um, yeah. We had such a great time and I was so excited that I had a chance to talk to her about Hamilton. So take a look and a listen to Renee Elise Goldsberry and Oak from Hamilton. Hey Renee, hey Oak. Hey Carla Renata. How you doing girl? How you doing girl? <laughs> Good. Um, so this question is for both of you. And then I have a question for Oak. So this is the first year in history the Tony Awards has been canceled. This is also a year that's so difficult globally for a variety of reasons, but particularly for the Broadway community, because now all of those shows that missed that opportunity of being celebrated with the Tony Awards, all of that has now been pushed back to 2021. And we still don't know if that's actually gonna go down. So I wanted to know your thoughts about that. I wanted to know your thoughts about the diversity and how it is seen in the American musical theater genre, because we're dealing with a really big moment here in Hollywood where people are speaking up and speaking out about the types of roles that are and are not available for us on screen and in film. And then for Oak, how did you go from football to musical theater, brother? <laughs> um, uh, I, I, immigrant parents, I guess. Just when I got injured in football, uh, my family's from Nigerian and they're just like, you go and do something, you have to do anything. Um, and, and they're like, even if it's theater, we just need you to do something because you, you ain't gonna stay in this house. Uh, so that was the main transition. And that was the, uh, now, uh, real talk though, that's the only other thing that I found myself wanting to apply myself. I thought school was very boring and academia was boring. So I didn't really put energy into it, but that was the only thing that every day I didn't mind showing up and giving every part of myself uh, to do. Um, so that's how I made that transition. My, all my sisters sang, so we would always sing. It was there, I just never utilized it. Um, but um, like sports all also was an expression of self. It's like, yeah, there are other linebackers, but no linebacker can like make the play the way I can make the play. So it just transferred that mindset to anything that I do. It's like every, like, like Nene said, anyone can do anything, but like I know I can only do it the way I can do it. So if you're buying what I'm selling, I'm good. I just have to make sure I'm presenting the purest version of what I'm selling. Um, 
and then in terms of just like Broadway, I, I did a show called Great Common and I talked about how Broadway needs to take a knee. And it was interesting how then people didn't want to have the conversation. No one ever talked about that statement, but now we're having it now. And I think it's important. I think um, there's a reckoning that's happening in the theater community to realize that ticket sales isn't a good enough excuse to mute black and brown voices. That's an excuse that has happened for a very long time in our industry. And I think uh, people are realizing that it just can't be about the money anymore that people are seeing past it and that in order to promote and champion diverse voices there will be risk because due to systematic racism the system isn't built to reward you for taking those risks on black and brown voices and stories so i don't know i hope that it does change we've seen a lot of like temporary change and then a couple months or a year when people forget about it things go right back to normal so i think it really depends on us as a people and everyone who's watching in this industry and speaking up to continue this dialogue and keep holding all of these institutions to the standard of this is sustainable change. This is a lifestyle change. What we're asking you don't do for a couple months, a year or with a few productions and go back. This is actually going to be a thing that it will be from now on. From now on, you will be taking risks. You'll be taking risks on black and brown voices. And in time, you'll see that people are ready to see it. You just have to present it to them. Renee. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, amen. <laughs> amen to that. Um, I, uh, the only thing I'll add is just, just expressing a little bit of the, of the pain in my heart um, for, you know, my brothers and sisters who, uh, I, I mean, that Tony season to me is a gift, you know. Uh, I, I'll just say this, I, Adrian Warren, um, I remember we were nominated um, together when I was nominated for Angelica Schuyler for Hamilton. And, and one of the biggest memories I have is when, I'm, I'll start crying when I say it, when I was on the stage doing my speech, she was the first one that jumped up and was clapping for me like this, you know? She was nominated too, but she was like, you know what I mean? And it just reminded me of all those years I was sitting in my house clapping for my friends, winning, you know, my husband had to be like, um, you know, LaShawn's won the Tony, it wasn't you. Like he always had to tell me that, that that's not you up there, you know? Um, and so um, I was really excited about, you know, clapping for her, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was really excited about that. And I, I just, you know, I, I was excited about clapping for all of them. And I'm, I'm just praying for us. I'm praying for us all that um, we can get back to work and uh, to the business of, of show and, uh, and that we can celebrate, you know, celebrate the artists in this community. We're still working at home. We're just, uh, we're, we're still working. We never stop working, but the ability to celebrate each other in the ways that we do and to, and to um, support each other's financially in the way that is desired and necessary. That's what we can't do. So I, I just have to pray about that. Thank you guys. And just to close it out, I saw both of y'all in Hamilton. Y'all slayed. It was fantabulous. And I'm glad that everybody can get a front row seat on Disney Plus right now. So thank you for answering my questions. I appreciate you. Hey, so I, I love Renee. Renee is like, she looks like a real life Disney princess to me. She always has like a real life Disney princess to me. And she's like one of the nicest, sweetest, kindest people you will ever, 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 ever meet in your entire life no joke and she's consistent when she talks about how adrian jumped up for her and clapped for her and was happy for her when she won that tony that's is so indicative of what the broadway community is i do miss it so much i'm just doing them eight shows a week <laughs> but i do miss the camaraderie that is what the broadway community is because it's really special there's nothing quite like it so 
if you guys have not seen Hamilton, which I can't imagine you haven't at this point, but if you haven't seen it, whether you like musicals or not, you're going to love this. You really are. Now, I have to tell you and warn you that it, there are a few things that are missing from the stage production, but it doesn't hurt this production of it that you're gonna see on your, on your screen in your house. It's not gonna hurt it. It's not gonna change the storyline. And at the end of the day, it's important. You know, the story is important. So the, it's not changing the story. The story is still intact. Lin-Manuel Miranda did his thing. Big ups, big thumbs up to Thomas Kale, who not only directed the stage production, but directed this version as well. They do some really wonderful things with the camera where on stage when there's a blackout or the focus shifts to another char character, the way your eyes would shift if you were watching it in real time, they have the camera do that for you. And then they do some overhead shots. They do some really creative things. And they, they filmed it over a weekend uh, right after the Tonys. They filmed it a weekend right after the Tonys happened. And so you get the audience, you hear the audience reacting, you hear the applause when it starts, you hear the entreact, you hear what happens during intermission, you hear what the entreact is, not the entreact, but the, the exiting music as people are leaving the theater, the music that's being played by the orchestra at that time. It really does give you the sense that you are experiencing a theatrical experience in your home. It's, it's, I can't say enough things about it. So again, Hamilton on Disney Plus has been streaming there since July 3rd. Check it out if you get a chance. And to round out the Curvy Critic with Carla Renata today, tonight, this evening, whatever time it is you're watching it, on July 6th, which is tomorrow, on PBS, there is a documentary or a two-part docu-series, I think it should be called, that's called The Vote. Now, I don't know if y'all knew this or not, but there were Black women that were involved in getting that vote. It wasn't just the suffragettes. It was Sojourner Truth. It was Ida B. Wells. It was Frederick Douglass. All of those people had a hand in getting the right to vote, which ultimately went to the suffragettes and the women first, and eventually trickled down to African-American or Black people in the 60s. But you guys need to check it out. It, it's a really well chronicled history of the 72 years it took to allow women in this country to vote. It took 72 years for that to happen. So all of the people that worked on it, Emmeline Pankhurst, her daughter, her mother, um, Susan B. Anthony, a whole bunch of names that you have never heard of before, but you'll never forget them after this. So check it out, the vote on PBS. As of tomorrow, check it out. It is wonderful, 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 wonderful. Let me give some shout outs to Janice Harris and Poom 2018. He's like, yes, teach. You know, this is the thing. I have a platform that Black Hollywood Live has graciously allowed me to have here on the internet. So, and I'm a film critic. So if I'm gonna talk about film, I love to talk about films that educate people because there's nothing worse than walking around being uneducated about your history. It's called history for a reason. We should all know who was involved in the rights that we get to enjoy and bask in the glory of today. We should all know that it is not taught to us in our schools, but that doesn't excuse us from not knowing or not being able to find out how to know. So if you ain't gonna find out no place else, you gonna find out right here with me, okay? Boom. Um, that's it. So that is it for this episode of The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. 
I, oh, and then I'm going to talk a little bit next week about Good Trouble. I wanted to tell you guys to check, check out Good Trouble too. So Good Trouble is a documentary about Representative John Lewis. It is um, It started streaming yesterday on July 3rd. I will talk about Good Trouble and John Lewis tomorrow. I was hoping I would get to that today, but I don't have enough time. But I will talk about that next week because I will have an interview with his director, Don Porter, next week along with Uzo Aduba. And then I'll tell you all about some films some black films that matter that you should be watching. So until the next time, you guys, if this is your first time here, please give me a big thumbs up to let me know you were here. Leave any comments that you would like. I'm open to any good, bad, or indifferent. I welcome them all because you can only grow from anything that's good, bad, or indifferent. You grow. You and you become a better person. I become a better critic. I become better at disseminating information to you. Um, subscribe to BHL, Black Hollywood Live. Subscribe to thecurvyfilmcritic.com. Any films that I talk about here, please, please, please go to my site, thecurvyfilmcritic.com, and you can see the written versions there. You can also pop over to my YouTube channel to see interviews that I don't necessarily have here or some old ones that I have here. So, or I haven't, don't have here, whatever the case. Y'all can just go check out the YouTube channel. <laughs> so until the next time, love, peace, and hair grease, y'all, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.